Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Dan over here at Pico Mortgages, and uh, we're back for another episode of Spilling the Tea, a Pico podcast. Today, I'm joined by David Frazier, David Frazier and his wife, Carrie, the founders of Bunky Life. So they came up with the idea back in 2015 when David needed a little bit more space uh, for his parents to stay. And since then, they have sold bunkies across Canada, was featured on Dragon's Den, and have helped raise thousands of dollars for different charities. David, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dan. I'm excited to be here. How did you get into the whole bunky scene? Like, walk me through that. Sure. So essentially, bunkies were scratching our own family's itch. We have a scenario where we live in the country. Dan's actually been to our house. You know where we live. I do, um, yeah. But now we're outside of Toronto. And so we live in the country, had one spare bedroom. And that, of course, uh, we lost that when we had our first daughter. So I started getting these emails and texts from my parents saying, hey, Dave, we, we're sick and tired of sleeping on the couch. It's not working for us. Yeah. Um, how about this tiny home? How about this yurt? They were throwing all these ideas out. And so I settled upon the idea of a bunkie, which is the small kind of log cabin that you could build in a couple of days and you didn't need a permit for, which was the biggest thing. It was, it was cost effective and not a lot of bureaucracy or headaches. Right. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned yurts because I, I recall years ago looking into yurts and I think there was a point where yurts were all the rage, especially for glamping. Um, but the the cool thing, like you said, with bunkies is that you don't necessarily need to have a permit with them because they fall within sort of that uh, maximum uh, square footage that we're allowed to have. So back then you decided to put a bunkie on your property and then what, what was it? A light bulb kind of went off and you said, hey, I think there might be a business opportunity here. Sure. So I started renting it out right away. So pr actually prior to my parents even staying in, I had rented it out on Airbnb. In fact, I was finishing the floor as my first guests arrived. So I had um, right right from the get-go, I was kind of turning into an entrepreneurial endeavor. And so um, people love staying in the bunkie. They were raving about it. I was getting great reviews. I built a bunch more. And at that point I thought, oh, you know, the natural thing is like, what if I tried to sell them? And people were asking me, hey, where do I, you know, how can you make me one? So that was in really 2016, 2017, we started kind of selling to friends and family and it was more of a side thing. Um, and I, I, uh, I realized how much people love them because they're already staying with us and renting the cabins from us. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, that's an important thing there is that some people are from my understanding too. And I've seen here at our brokerage people, um, considering it because of the opportunity to maybe make a little bit more money on the side, have a side hustle, rent out, you know, the bunkie is that, uh, have you noticed that with, with people that are buying it, are they using it for, uh, additional income purposes? Yeah, we've got probably um, 20 to twenty to 30 different uh, individuals that are hosting kind of a, a little side Airbnb in their backyard or at their cottage. Um, then there's also a large quantity of people that are like, you know, running a campground and this is kind of an extra way to mm -hmm. uh, diversify what they're offering or even resorts. And, and so we've got a large number of business clients now. Um, but the individual Airbnb person in their backyard, that's still, a lot of people are having great, everyone that's tried this has some great success. With it. That's awesome. That's amazing. Have you guys come up with any sort of uh, resistance from townships, municipalities, uh, having bunkies? Um, every once in a while you'll get an anal building inspector. Um, but what we found is if, if the client's the type of person who can at least ask questions without getting upset and just kind of, uh, ask for clarity and and push back in a polite Canadian, uh, but uh, assertive way. Pretty much everyone's had n no real issues. Nobody's had that have their bunkies torn down. 
Some people have had to get permits after the fact, but generally it's been, um, you know, because of the way the rules are like, uh, um, you know, they, they are allowable. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a lot of rules coming down for Ontario government specifically trying to allow more people to do things uh, with their property that they own. Right. So accessory dwelling units, that's something that's been sort of in the news for a while, right? Um, yeah. Just trying to, to have additional pro uh, living units uh, on properties. I know yeah. Guelph's big into that. So yeah, this goes right up the, the same alley there. And I think this speaks to sort of obviously having open dialogue and uh, discussion with anyone involved with, uh, you know, making those decisions. It's always good to kind of get those out of the way. Um, yeah. So my family and I, you know, that we bought one of your bunkies, uh, the kit. And I'll tell you, it literally is like a kit because it's, uh, I think you had mentioned it's kind of like Lego, right? Instead of plastic, you're using wood, you put them together fairly, uh, fairly yeah. easily. And we, we put ours up, um, I think it was a couple of weekends, but for those that may not have, um, you know, the know-how or just the confidence to do it themselves, do you offer any sort of services to help? Yeah. So the model right now is that we have a good list of, of contractors that are available. So we'll refer people to different, um, contractors or even just local handymen that have got experience doing it. Um, I'd say about 80% of people are like yourself that build it themselves. Um, no one's tried and failed. Anyone who's took a good college try at it has succeeded. Even I'm talking like grandparents with their grandkids, a team of like 50 year old ladies, uh, were successful in putting a bucket together. We've got a great set of build videos, a great set of instructions. Um, and we coach people through the process. So I'd say everyone that tries has succeeded in actually building it themselves, but the people that don't have the time or the inclination, um, we just found it's easier to connect good clients with good contractors and let them um, sort out the details from there. Right. Um, so let's let's go back a little bit. You mentioned, so when you guys started off, obviously we kind of hit something called COVID and the pandemic uh, did wreak havoc on a lot of small businesses. How did that affect your business? So we were running actually two businesses at the time. We had a wedding entertainment company Ooh. Um, and that basically got to put up behind the woodshed and slaughter. Um, <laughs> but the bunky business uh, took off. I would say it was, it was a, it was a boost for demand. Now the, the struggle with that of course was supply chains, getting the wood together, getting the orders in on time. Although um, you know, we were, we were pretty fortunate that because we, we've, we've been leaning more and more towards making things, you know, right here in Canada. Now, more recently, this past couple of years, we've been making them in our own factory. Um, that really allowed us to get around uh, a lot of the supply chain issues. A lot of the other, other um, sheds and bunkies and stuff are made overseas. Right. And so that was very complicated uh, during COVID. So um, we've been pretty fortunate that way that we, I don't think we've ever had to delay anybody more than a week or two at the most, maybe, maybe a month uh, right in the very peak of COVID, but generally, um, we were able to get stuff here, um, get it made and get it to the, to the client's house and, and allow them to build it, uh, within a very reasonable amount of time. Um, you know, I've, I've been here, I've heard like my, my in-laws ordered a lazy boy furniture and it was like a year and a half before they actually got it after they ordered it. Um, so I consider like, you know, uh, the, the whole process uh, of what we went through to be a good challenge, but it made our our whole process more robust. That was the main reason that we decided to get our own factory was, was just not having to depend on uh, a complicated supply chain, just knowing, Hey, we just need wood and get that down the street if, if we need to, and we just need glass. And those are the two things we buy and the rest of it we assemble and, and the manufacture ourselves. So that's one of the things you mentioned about being able to bring everything in house. And that's 
you know, it brings to mind because I have an automotive background, Ford, Ford Motor Company, vertical integration. That really was sort of one of the tenants there. And I'd imagine, yeah, during the the pandemic, there were a lot of things. This reminds me of, of uh, a few years ago, we had purchased a swim spa and that had to be brought in overseas. And I'll tell you, the uh, delay on that was about 18 months. And 18 months. Well, 18, it was it was pretty brutal. So, you know, and, and I, I, I feel for the small business too, because they were, there were a lot of things like um, gyms were closed down. So a lot of fitness places that were trying, were dependent on um, getting in, you know, cargo overseas that just wasn't happening. So <coughs> being able to kind of have control of your, of your uh, supply chain is really important. So when it comes to bunkies, right, you've got a whole bunch of different models out there. Um, the cool thing that I like about it is that you can dress them up any way you want. Um, so what are some of the ways that people are are sort of designing them um, that, that you think is kind of unique? And I'm just going to jump in here and, and kind of go on your website a little bit. And for anyone that's listening, um, his website's got a whole list. If you go down to the gallery section, you can kind of see what people have done. And I really like this because you, you kind of showcase different ways that people have taken, regardless of what type of um, bunkie it is, not only in the setting, but also sort of what they've done to make it unique in their own, which is pretty yeah, cool. And if you click on also about, uh, there's client stories, I think, is maybe one of the ones, or client photos, maybe. Client photos. Okay. Yeah, so this is just an assortment of different um, Facebook posts we've made. So every week we'll have a, a Facebook and an Instagram post, with, which is basically a client story um, and, and a series of photos. So you can kind of get an idea of what it is. So this example is an Airbnb out in somewhere near Niagara Falls, I believe. And they've got a little, little summer cabin connected to a bathroom bunkie. Very like, cool. That is awesome. It's got, I think, an outdoor shower in the middle as the connector. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing with these uh, these bunkies, right? Is that it is so um, you can really transform the inside of them to really turn it into whatever you want. Really, it's uh, it's pretty fantastic. Um, so here's a couple of questions for you. I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you actually put electricity and plumb it in, or have you had anyone live in it full time? So off the record, yes. Um, okay. Right now, there is there is a, definitely the Ontario Building Code, as I understand it, you can um, add electricity to most things without getting a, a like a full on permit. But as soon as you add plumbing, you definitely need a permit. Right. Um, so so that's kind of the dividing line. So a lot of times you'll see composting toilets and kind of more workaround ways for for sanitation. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, we've got people that are, are doing it more of an off grid or off the rec off the radar off the record type. Yeah, yeah. There's probably uh, there's dozens of people that have bought our bunkies and are living them in different parts of Canada, um, even the U.S. now too. And so it's not for the faint of heart because ultimately, I mean, it's not a full you know um, they're engineered to code, but they're not uh, the, the thickness of the walls isn't such that it's like a, like a house, right? It's it's in the dead of winter in, in Canada. <laughs> It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold, yeah. Yeah, you're going to need a good heat source. And, and so people have, have kind of figured out you can insulate the roof and the floor of a bunkie pretty easily and pretty cost-effectively. And if you can put up with the fact that it's going to be kind of cold, if we're talking about middle of February, and very livable 99% of the year. But, the, you know, if you can just put up with that, um, you know, it's a pretty cost-effective tiny home. Yeah. 
But with that said, it's not going to meet whatever local red tape you probably have. Um, so that's kind of been, you know, the people that do it, they're always like, I love the Bunky Dave and I'm having a great time. Don't tell anybody where I live because I'm the, you know, the you're trying to fly under the radar at that point. You don't want to be. Yeah. yeah. And obviously anyone listening to this, I would recommend, and I'm sure David too, just consult with your local bylaw and municipality yes. to make sure that you're not breaking any rules there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what's, what's the farthest that uh, you've had to ship a Bunky? So we just went to Florida um, last wow. month, two months ago, Florida, California, and then obviously, uh, you know, uh, all the way to Vancouver Island on the West Coast of Canada, and then Newfoundland on the East Coast. So we've gone across Canada, and then uh, California, Florida. Um, we've had some inquiries from people in like Spain and other, and New Zealand and random places, but so far it's been North America only. That's wild. That's crazy. Um, that's cool though. I mean, clearly the word's getting out there. That, uh, that you guys are making a good product. And I'm sure part of that word getting out there was had something to do with being on Dragon's Den. Maybe you can speak a little bit about Dragon's Den. How was that? How was that experience? It was a really great experience. I, I would highly recommend it um, if you're in a business kind of our, of our nature. We, we were really fortunate that we had a good following. So we've always kind of emphasized online community. And so part of our community was um, some of the people involved with the show. Uh, and so they said, hey, Dave, you should really consider auditioning and, and and i considered it the year before but we were kind of not ready and, and so in 2021 we decided to finally yeah let's do this so we auditioned this is during the peak of covid so a lot of the auditions were online i think they're in person now again um, but we auditioned online they said hey we love it and then in may of 2021 we actually went to cbc studios in toronto to do the pitch and so um the the goals we wanted the, our biggest bunkie which is our haven bunkie we wanted that on on the set and have them go through it and stuff. So we had to construct this bunkie within about a six hour period behind the stage uh, and, and outside of the main sound studio. And they would wheel it through this huge door. It was a 16 foot door, but our bunkie was like 15.9 feet. And we had to put it on these coasters to kind of wheel it in and wheel it out. So I jerry rigged these coasters together. And, uh, and the day before we, we did a test run and we wheeled it in and it just barely like scraped <laughs> underneath this, this huge bay door. And then we had to wheel it back out uh, so they could shoot their thing. And then so our, our audition was, or our, our presentation was on uh, first thing Sunday morning. And so while we were wheeling it back into the soundstage, my crappy wheel system started breaking down and collapsing. Oh, no. And so I was actually, I was under the bunkie trying to like support it with these, these little Apple boxes from the CBC studio staff. And I was thinking, I wonder what would happen if the forklift gave way and my, the whole bunky like crushed me. Like that would be a great news article, you know? The the irony of a bunky man getting crushed by his own bunky. Yeah, a man killed by his bunky. Yeah, rogue bunky. Uh, so, so, but luckily it didn't happen. And of course, everyone uh, loved the bunky. Um, if I don't want to give too much away about the episode, watch it yourself. It's on cbc.com. Uh, you can or cbc.ca. You can see the episode. But it went really well, and it was like a nice little boost of PR because the show aired in December of that year. So we had to keep it under wraps the whole time. And then in December, which is typically like the slowest month for bunkies, we had this nice little excited boost. That's amazing. That's uh, that's awesome. I've, I've had a couple of friends actually present on there. Uh, I was asked to help a friend. Um, yeah. 
but uh, she ended up doing herself a presentation. But yeah, what I hear is that it can be very nerve wracking being in front, obviously, of a bunch of people uh, criticizing your business and, you know, um, asking for it. But obviously, yeah, anyone that's interested in that segment, um, you know what, I'll leave a link at the bottom of this podcast, cbc.ca and go check it out. See how uh, David and Carrie did. Um, so tell me about that bunkie then you, you wheeled in the 16 footer. What did you yep. do afterwards? Did you have to take it apart? Yeah, we did take it apart that that day. Like that, that was our main. Unbelievable. Take it apart, and then we actually sold it to Arlene Dickinson. So she bought that monkey from us, which was awesome. That is cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so so pretty exciting stuff out there, and that definitely, um, I'm sure, brought brought your business to a whole new level. I wanted to chat a little bit too because I had just recently put out a post. And one of the things that comes up with a lot of people right now that own properties and specifically have mortgages is that the renewal rates are um, a lot higher than what they had, you know, maybe four or five years ago. So one of the things, one of the strategies that I really employed, and this is one of the reasons we reconnected too, is that a bunkie is a great way that you can create some additional income to help sort of self-insure offset those costs of an additional or higher mortgage payment. Um, In fact, I ran the numbers on it and for a typical mortgage, I think it works out to an extra about 70 bucks a month if they were to roll it in to a renewal. Um, Yet, you know, you can make a substantial amount uh, depending on how you rent it out and how many days, obviously, you rent it out. And that's one way that you can kind of turn the faucet on and off if you need to, you know, uh, make a little bit of extra money there. Yeah. So if, if someone has an experienced bunkie life or sorry, Airbnb's platform, it's super flexible. If you got someone come like that's what I loved about it is like my parents were staying in the bunkie this weekend, just turn it off and then 100%. Make it uh, super yeah. flexible. So I used to rent out uh, actually student rentals in University of Windsor where I attended and so much more of a pain in the butt, um, so much more headaches comparatively to the bunkies. I actually sold all my rentals to, to buy my first three bunkies mm. and never looked back and would never uh, do a rental again versus just the, the fun and ease of having the, a, if you have the right setup, right, you kind of need to have the right backyard. But um, most backyards, you can make a small bunkie work. And people are happy to kind of come and uh, and stay, get away for the weekend type scenario. Yeah, um, I thought it was it was you know most of our clients that have done it have, have usually paid the bunkie off in six, seven, eight months at most. Well, that's the other thing too, right? So it's almost like you get a free bunkie after a few months of hosting it, and then you can do what you want with it, which yeah. uh, which is pretty cool because the the cost. What, what do they start at, David? Your bunkies. So our our, our um, most expensive or least expensive bunkie is our summer cabin. Okay. It kits about six thousand, and then you got to put a little bit of sweat equity if you're going to build it yourself, or um, so you know maybe call it seven or eight thousand after you do some of the incidentals. And then our most expensive bunkie right now is our Haven Ultra, which is um, sixteen thousand for the kit. And then, uh, you know, call it 17 or 18 once you think of some of the other factors. But um, that's a pretty, like, if you think about how much it would cost to renovate a basement apartment or... or Even a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or add on, God forbid, go through the permitting process of adding another bedroom or adding more space actually onto your house. I mean, that's yeah. uh, usually six figures uh, very conservatively. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty cost-effective way to get some extra space. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, like we mentioned, a lot of um, municipalities and towns are looking at um, accessory dwelling units and having the ability to create a little bit more housing. So, you know, if I think if you reach out and you talk to them, I know in, in Kitchener-Waterloo, it's also um, something that's come up quite a bit is, is finding affordable housing. Um, a lot of backyards, you 
likely would be able to to find the space because I think right now the square footage has changed, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a little bit bigger. Um, yeah, so there's yeah. there's this rule that just came out. So my take on it, so the, the traditionally the rule in most of Canada has always been if it's 10 square meters or less, you don't need a permit it's not considered a building, right? right. So provided there's no plumbing and, um, and it's under 10 square meters, you generally don't need a permit and that, that, you know, obviously consult your local mafia, make sure, but that's been kind of the, the rule for as long as I've been around. And then last year they came up with a newer rule. It's like a, an add on to that, which is you can go up to 15 square meters or 160 square feet, um, provided it's single story. Um, it's not attached to your house and you have a house on the property and it's for storage purposes only. So to mm. me, that kind of excludes a lot of the use cases. So you'll notice a lot of people are saying you can build bigger, you can build bigger. And I think that's a little bit of false advertising. Right. Um, I think that if you're to be honest, you have to say, Hey, that you probably will need a permit if you go that big. Um, because it's, it's, they're trying to get at the idea of you can build a bigger shed without hassling everybody. That's, I think the, the, the intent of that law, they consulted me on the law and I had some comments. They did not take them, um, or they didn't adapt the law in the court. It's just a, it's added more ambiguity, I think, than anything else. Um, so you'll find companies that are, are happy to show you and sell you this. Uh, but I think that the honest truth is if you read the letter of the law, it's more trying to get at a storage shed as opposed right. to the actual bunk you said. Yeah. Mm, good to know. That's uh, really good to know. Um, all right. So I think with, you know, with, with the whole push towards um, alternative living and even uh, off-grid living, it's it's something I've had a lot of people ask me, uh, you know, is there, um, is there an opportunity here to maybe put something off-grid? I own some property. I'm actually considering that too. I've got some friends up north that are, are looking at maybe renting out. Um, because right now, even if you want to go and, and uh, book a campsite, I mean, campsites are like 40, 50 bucks a night just for a little place to, you know, park a tent. And uh, if, if you have the ability to put, um, you know, something like a bunkie on it, I mean, it's, it, one, it's going to elevate your experience out in the wilderness. But two, uh, you can rent it when you're you're not uh, you're not using it and uh, make some additional money there to help offset it. But again, the the cost at even the highest one at eighteen thousand bucks, like you said, the you know uh, even a deck would be more expensive than a bunkie. So it's uh, it's yeah, totally. Yeah. It's it's very uh, it's very affordable. So I know you have a um, a quiz, and we actually launched this. If you go to bunkylife.com slash pico, you can go check out that quiz. Tell me a little bit about the quiz. What is the quiz about? So it's kind of like uh, ten quick questions, yes or no, and you can go through and go. Okay, you know, how much knowledge do I have about my local area to? to you know, move forward with a project or how much uh, skill do I need? It's kind of like a little, uh, are you ready for the bunky life kind of overall concept. So if you answer the question, you'll get scored in four categories and you'll pretty know quickly where your gaps are. So if you've got a situation where you uh, maybe you've got the skills, but you don't have the knowledge yet, or you've got um, you know the need, but not necessarily the location, it'll help suss that out really quickly. Um, and so those 10 questions, we've been using this for like five years and it really helps mm -hmm. you know uh, where you might need to kind of shore up before you're ready. Uh, and then it helps us know, oh, this this person would be a great client or no, this person probably would be better served at, by maybe a tiny home company or maybe a realtor or a mortgage broker because they first need other things in place before they move forward with the Bunky. So um, yeah, bunkylife.com slash Pico and uh, uh, you'll get a free gift. Uh, you'll get a copy of the uh, Bunky Life book, the first chapter. Oh, right on. That's, that's right, because you wrote a, a book 
about uh, maybe uh, before we, we wrap things up, talk a little bit about the book. Yeah, so it's a really interesting. It's a, more of like a coffee table style book. So there are a lot of great photos of mm. uh, our clients' cottages and, and bunkies and, and settings and such. And there's a, there's our family stories kind of woven through it um, as well. And then a lot of stories of clients um, and what they've uh, done with their bunkies, how they're using their bunkies to ultimately provide connection with their family and, and the people that matter most. So that's kind of the theme of our our company is bunky life is extra space for meaningful connection. And, uh, and the book is just like 200 pages of, of really good looking photos that kind of are along that theme. Love it. Where can they get a copy of the book, David? Go to bunkylife.com slash book and you can get a copy of the, of the first chapter as well as uh, you can buy the actual book itself. Amazing. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much uh, inspiration you can draw from other people's uh, ideas and how they've dressed it up and where they've put it. So um, love that idea. I'll have to pick up one myself. Uh, David, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to chat a little bit about bunkies and uh, you know, your experience there. Uh, guys, if you're interested, bunkylife.com is the website. I encourage you to go to bunkylife.com slash Pico to check out the quiz, take it. And again, you can reach out to David or myself if you're interested. Uh, we've got a little bit of a promo going on too. So if anyone is interested and they've got a renewal coming up or a mortgage that you want to take a look at, reach out to me. We got a special offer with, uh, with David and friends over there and we're happy to extend it to you again, David. Thank you again. Love to have you on, on another episode and, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll talk to you soon. My pleasure, Dan. Thanks for your time. No problem. Take care. Bye. Cool.